Welcome back, everybody, to another scintillating edition of the CFFL HQ podcast. Happy 4th of July, 2023. This is the second in our pre-draft CFFL Intel sessions, metrics that matter. And this one we're going to be taking a look at simply... Weekly scoring. Okay. We talked about strength of scoring before. I didn't want to get too, none of these want to get too far down into the weeds. And again, maybe this is part of my edu, um, educator uh, beginnings. I always try to do something that makes it easier for people with a lot going on to just be able to high level casually enjoy everything without having to think too much. So our first edition looked at strength of scoring and strength of scoring percentage, SOS percentage, and what that means for you. This week, this edition, we're just looking at weekly scoring and what does that mean. When you look at our scoring, the scoring for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight ends has been the same. Going all the way back, I believe it was 2015 is when we made the change with tight ends and upped quarterback performance a little bit more. Running backs, wide receivers, everything has stayed the same. We can't really look at weekly scoring before last year because we did a drastic defensive scoring change that you know it did reduce scoring a little bit, uh, some, somewhat. But the difference is it didn't. The volatility is gone. So, let's say defense was thirty three points before last year, and then I can just tell you what the defensive average was last year. You played two bundles, um, and total I got here. Sorry, it's taking me a second. Uh, is 11.9 points. Okay. So that comprised about 14% of scoring. The difference is, is that you would have somebody, while the overall scoring is down drastically, um, you're around like 12 points. It was 33 points before, but what caused such the the challenge was that someone could score 50 and someone else could score 10. And that right there was enough to really change the entire week. And that's really what we were trying to get away from. Now what we have is, yes, you can still kind of score high, but you're not going to score low. There are no negative points now, before we had negative points for yards and points. So not only could you lower the floor on somebody in a week where somebody raised the ceiling, that's where you got the great disparity, and I think that's what we were trying to get rid of. But the reason I give that opening, talking about the defenses, is that it's difficult for us to look at weekly scoring prior to last year. Okay, So this edition will focus primarily on Scoring from last year, okay? When you have a team this year, and I did a lot of 
point analysis on this because, but there's not a whole lot to tell you. And that's, again, I'm trying to keep this high level. Maybe I will do a one-time podcast that no one will listen to where I get into the weeds. I mean, like down, just in it. Just And then that way I could just get it out of my system, right? Um, let me say this directly. Average scoring in the CFFL, a very average week is 170 points. I repeat that again. Average week is 170 points. Now, interestingly enough, if you look at, well, what is your record if you score 170 points? It's not good. So, but that's kind of where an average week ends up is if you score 170 points, I have it right here last year. You won 21 matchups and you lost 43. So not ideal. Now, again, when you have tanking in place, it's difficult to do a win-loss record based off your total points. But if you get anything out of this podcast today, I just want you to know that 170 points is an average week in the CFFL the highest point total that somebody scored and lost last week was 217 points. Anything above 217 resulted in a win, and that was about 5% of all performances. 220, 223, 228, 231, 232, 237, 238, and 246. Those were your highest outputs from last year. If you scored over 200, if you scored 200 points or over last year, you went 22 and five. All right. So are we starting to get this here? You score under 170, you're more likely to lose than not. An average week is 170. You will most likely lose if you have an average week. But the closer you get to 200, the better your chances of winning will be. Not to mention it will pad your SOS percentage, which we talked about in part one. The highest losing total last year was 217. But if you score over 200, 200 points or more, you win 22 out of 27 times, over three out of four. So an average score is 170 points. A good score is 190 points. A great score is 200 points. And like we said, you were undefeated if you scored 218 points or more last year. It's that simple. Just like I said, if you were 80% or higher on SOS percentage, your team is great. If you score 200 points, that's a great week. And an undefeated week is 218. I don't want to complicate this. I just want you all to know what good versus not good versus great versus bad is. Okay. If you want a team that can compete, you better have a team that can show you that has the capability of scoring 200 points. Now, maybe some weeks you don't get that and you sat a bench player and you say, all right, I can get to 200. But if you got all your players in there 
and you keep hitting the ceiling at like 160, you know you probably don't have a team that's going to win at all. You will have an SOS in that case percentage somewhere probably in the 40 to 60% range. Position totals have remained constant. You know, they may fluctuate by a point or two, but that's it. Okay. Now we're going to quickly go through each of these positions. I've touched on some of this stuff in previous podcasts, but I do want all the information captured within each podcast that you could listen to. So once again, 170 points is average. 190 is a good score. 200 is a great score. And an undefeated score was 218 points. And that should stay relatively the same because we don't have really any changes whatsoever to our scoring system this year. So new owners, owners that have been busy, maybe you just forgot. You should now know what your scoring total should be looking like each week. So quarterback, average score, 37.7 points. A good score, a little over 51. A great score is just under 60. And an undefeated score in 2022 was 67 points. The quarterback position is the most important position on the team. And we have talked about this and outlined it in many podcasts before. Your quarterback is going to make up 22% of your scoring. Scoring is down. At the quarterback position. 2016, you were looking like 42 and a half. Now it has to do with like Mahomes, Mayfield. We had some great players coming through, guys who could also run the ball. So right now we're at about 37.7. A good score is 51. Great, just under 60. Undefeated score was 67. Then you're looking at about 22% of your weekly scoring comes from that average. I may have to do a little bit closer of an examination as to why scoring's down. Maybe because we have more teams, say from like 2016. So maybe that dilutes it a little bit. But man, there's still quarterbacks out there that are crushing it. I don't know. Maybe part of it's just some of the tanking, starting a quarterback who didn't play that week. I don't know. Your typical stat line, 22 completions, 273 yards, a little over two passing touchdowns, a half interception, about 26 rushing yards, and about a half rushing touchdown. I found the half rushing touchdown to be interesting because that suggests that we have quarterbacks who can run the ball. So that's your quarterback scoring. Undefeated score is 67. A great score is 60. Interestingly enough, and you'll see this with the tight end position, and I'll kind of come back to this at the end. The reason why the quarterback and tight end positions are so important and they skew very well and say our war and other metrics is because there is a greater frequency of performance above the average. Just think of it as performance is spread out a little bit further. Okay, it's a little bit easier to get to, say, 75 as a quarterback than it is, say, 45 or even like 48 as a running back, I should say. You don't typically see running backs get to 48 points. Like, that's a lot. 
you're either catching a ton of balls or scoring a ridiculous amount of touchdowns. Which takes us to the running back. Running back was at 18.4 last year. You're going to see running back scores anywhere between very, very high 16s to about 18 and a half. We used to touch 19. We haven't done that in a while. So typical quarterback, average quarterback performance close to 38. Running back performance a little over 18 in a range between seven. I would say expect 17 to 18 is where that number probably will end up especially since we're adding two more teams this year. Since you play anywhere between two and three a week, you know, kind of adjusting here, about 27% of scoring comes collectively from the running backs. Now you may say, well, does that make running backs more important? Yeah, but you can find replacement running backs who they may not get you 18, but they may get you 12 Quarterbacks, it's not easy to find somebody. If somebody scores 50 or 60 on you to stay pace with that, they may be more in that low 30s range. That's where you can get in trouble. Okay. So running backs, 18.4 last year, expect 17 to 18. And they should be in there, you on average about 27% of your weekly scoring. Okay. And that 18.4 points per game average was the highest since 2016 when it was 19 and a half. So we have had years where the wide receiver position's actually been more than the running back position. Okay. Typical running back performance, 96 yards, about a rushing touchdown, two receptions, 15 yards, and almost a tenth of a receiving touchdown. Wide receiver, average 16.1. Good score, about 23. Great score, 32. Undefeated score was 45.6. I guess I should point that out for running back too. Real quick, sorry, I don't mean to go back. I didn't really talk about that. The average for the running back was 18.4. A good score is 25. A great score was 40. And an undefeated score was about 49. So if you're getting 40 at the running back position, that is an exceptional performance. Okay. Sorry, I did not make that clear. Just wanted to touch on that. For wide receiver, 16.1 points for an average. 23 for a good score. Great score, a little over 32. Undefeated score, just under 46. So we had a 45.6 point performance. That was... Uh, undefeated last year. When it comes to the average stat line for wide receivers, four rushing yards, barely any rushing touchdowns. It's negligible. Um, Almost six catches, 77 yards and a half a touchdown. That would give you your expected performance. This, the wide receiver performance, that's the second lowest average in CFFL history. And that's the lowest we've had since we've gone to PPR, which is interesting. I can't explain why. Um, Wide receivers do make up about 24% of scoring. So as you can see, collectively, twenty-five. Uh, you got a uh, little under 25 for quarterback, a little over 25 for running back, 
a little under 25 for wide receiver. And again, because you can have a flex position, some weeks you're starting three running backs, some weeks you're starting three wide receivers. But the trend has been a little bit lower, maybe because we're playing more wide receivers, but you're looking at two of the past three seasons were under 17 points per start. So it is definitely trending down. 16.1 is low. So just keep that in mind whenever you're, you're thinking of wide receivers this week. What's a good score for a wide receiver? Average is 16.1. Good would be 23. You're not going to see much in the great and the undefeated. But just, you know, again, quarterbacks average 38, good score 51. Your running backs, 18 points average, 25 is a good score. This is where most of your scores are going to land. Wide receiver, average score 16 points. Good score is 23. Good isn't not happening. But it's also not something that you can expect all the time. I think that's the best way to look at it. Just a little shocked that that number was down. So that brings us to tight end. 3 catches. 37.8 yards, 0.3 touchdowns per start. Average 10.8. Now, this position is hurt a lot by a lot of zero outputs. Not all tight ends are always going to catch balls in games. So then if you play somebody who does catch six balls for 60 yards, and remember, every five yards is a point for tight ends. So six balls for 60 yards ends up being 18 points. So a good score for a tight end was 17. A great score is 26. (laughs) Undefeated score in 2022 was 68.8. And that was Kevin B. again, I believe, having that score. Uh, You don't see too many in the 68.8 point range. Uh, But the next one after that in the 40s was a loser. So That's kind of an anomaly there. This was the lowest outpoint since 2015. And again, I think some of it has to do with roster constrictions. We only have 21 roster spots and three free agent moves, right? Some weeks you're just going to take a zero at tight end. But the problem with that becomes if you take a zero and someone gets 20, that's tough to make up. Now, if they stay at the average at 10.8, that's something you can overcome. Tight ends make up about 13% of your scoring. Interestingly, though, there are, it's like quarterbacks, about 48% of performances came above the average. The reason why that number is so low for an average is because a lot of the zeros. But for the tight ends who've scored, percentage of scores beyond the average, tight ends and quarterbacks far exceed running backs and wide receivers. Okay. Lastly, defense. Average score, 11.9 points. Good score, 16 points. Great score, 21 points. There was no undefeated score in 2022 because the highest score lost. You're looking like 13 tackles, a sack, two and a half tackles for loss, a pass defended, 
almost a third of an interception, negligible everywhere else. Okay. This makes up about 14% of the weekly scoring. And this is the first time we use defensive bundles. So if you take all these together, that makes 170 points. Just in closing here, I would really focus in on what's a great score, 200 points a week. What's the average, 170 points. And what I would then look at is think of it as you have five pieces to a pie. Quarterback is one, running back is one. Actually, I'm sorry, four pieces to a pie. Get my math right here. There's five different positions, but we're looking at four pieces to a pie. Quarterback would be one, one piece of the pie. Running back would be one piece of the pie. Wide receiver would be one piece of the pie. And then that last piece would be tight end and defense together. So if you look at all four of those together, your output there, it's a sliding scale of about 25% with each of those. Quarterbacks make up just under that amount because there's only one quarterback. But that quarterback also has the opportunity to take the point total the highest at that one position. We don't really get much in the way of 50, 60 point running back wide receiver games. Now, you can. It's not to say it can't happen. It's just not as often as what you're going to see at the quarterback position. So when you are when you are putting your roster together, think of it as in, in quartiles. 25% groupings, quarterback in one, running back in one, wide receiver in one, defense and tight end in another. And just a little bonus information here about roster construction. You know, you may say, well, what if I want to emphasize defense? Look, what I would say here is I wouldn't take more than three defenses. I would even almost try to just run with two. And then maybe that gives you somewhere else because I don't know how much more putting a defense in a third defense in is going to help you get additional points beyond your opponent. There's a lot of luck in that. Now you take an extra chance on a tight end. Maybe teams last year, 3.3 quarterbacks per team. Six running backs per team, five and a half wide receivers per team, and we'll talk about this more. 3.7 tight ends per team, 2.4 defenses per team. If you're just asking my opinion, I would go with four quarterbacks. I would go with six wide uh, running backs, and that brings you to 10. Then you have a decision to make. Do you run with five wide receivers and four tight ends? Or do you go with six wide receivers and three tight ends? But I think the quarterback position is so important. I would keep a fourth one there. And look, you get two who crush it. You can consider keeping one for the falling air, or you can turn around and trade them and supplement other roster spots. But I guess you could look at it as four quarterbacks, 11 running backs and wide receivers total. If you want to go five running backs because you feel confident, that's fine. And then six wide receivers, that makes 11 for you at that position with four quarterbacks. That's 15 spots. That would then allow you to have four tight ends. I wouldn't take more than two defenses because the defenses are made up of six players each. 
but I think quarterbacks keep their value. And you can't bring a 30-point quarterback to a 60-point party if you're going up against a, uh, a big a gunslinger unless you are just crushing it at every other position. The only reason why I would keep a fourth tight end is because there are a lot of tight ends who are given preseason hype that end up turning around and having a bunch of one catch for 10-yard performances. So it may be nice to kind of circle one through. Um, But you also have your free agents to play with. But I don't want to get too far into that. I just wanted you to know what the weekly scoring looks like. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, all straddling about 25% of your output. And the last 25% output is is tight end and defense together. That's kind of the makeup of your team. And that 170 points are average. Upwards to 200 is a great score. And to run through our averages at each position again, thirty-seven, uh, just under 38 at quarterback, just over 18 at running back, just over 16 at wide receiver, almost 11, 10.8 at tight end. And uh, at defense, we're looking at 11.9. So just to kind of one last recap here. Think of it as where can you get the efficiency and where can you kind of stretch your performance quarterbacks and wide rec- quarterbacks and tight ends are going to give you a greater upside, but especially at the tight end, there can be performance. There can be a lot of wasted resources allocated quarterbacks. Don't usually, I mean, if a quarterback is starting, they're going to generate you points. A tight end necessarily use a high draft pick on a tight end that is now just getting two catches for 30 yards. That could set your team back. Now, if that tight end crushes it, then you can have a championship team. So I think that's where you have to figure out, is that worth an additional roster spot? But think of it as that if those two defenses can give you 14 15% of your weekly production, having a third one that's just taking up a roster spot, is it really going to add that much more? I think you're really going to see a a shift now to maybe just carrying the two uh, spots and then having 19 for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. But I could be wrong. So you got your weekly score. Everyone now knows about SOS percentage and weekly scores and what is good. And as that changes, certainly I will be updating that. As the season goes on, we'll be speaking about that. That's it. We'll call it there. Hopefully you enjoyed our second edition of a pre-draft CFFL Intel session, right? Metrics that matter. Sounds very formal, almost too formal for us, but we'll leave it there. Hey, happy fourth. Have an awesome day. I'll be talking to you all soon. All the best. Take care.